0: All right, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Great to see you all. My name is Brad. Welcome to Faith Covenant Church. I'm the lead pastor here. We are going to do Q&A after the message, so if you have a question, you're going to want to text that question to that number right there. And actually, uh, it's a challenging message, I think, in simple ways, but in big ways. So uh, please text me a bunch of really good questions. That uh, number will be up again later. All right. Um, As we get going here, I want to wrestle with the direction of the kingdom of the world. All right. So what is the direction of the kingdom of the world? Uh, I would argue that the direction of the kingdom of the world is go high, right? Right? And um, this direction is instilled in our culture from a very young age. And, we, and we, it, there's some good things about it. There's some things not so good about it. Um, and the way it gets instilled is, is in simple ways. For example, uh, we want our kids to go to the best preschool, right? And we want them to go to the best preschool because we really want them to go to the best grade school, and we want them to go to the best grade school so that they can go to the best junior high and high school. And we want them to go to the best high school so they can go to the best. I, I, I saw a number of people from the last service shaking their heads. So and, and you you have agreed with them, so I won't go higher. But we want to go to the best college so that we can get the best job and. The way we often value ourselves and others in the kingdom of the world is where they stand on the different rungs of this uh, kingdom of the world ladder, right? Now, if you were to ask any New Testament scholar, what was the theme of Jesus' ministry? They would argue the theme of Jesus' ministry was not the kingdom of the world, it was actually the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God, conceived in Jesus' first coming. The Spirit of Christ poured out upon the people of God, the church, lived out in that church until his second coming, where the kingdom of God is consummated. Conceived and consummated, lived forever. The rule and reign of God lived forever, all right? And I would argue that uh, in the kingdom of God, The value is not go high, the value is go low. And our passage for the day will get us uh, to that particular theme. So if you would, please grab a Bible or grab your phone and the Bible on it. And we are going to look at Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. And when you get there, I'm going to ask you to stand. And I'm going to read it. And we stand because it's a physical way of giving honor to God's revelation through his word. Mark 10, verses 35 through 45. Here we go. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten, this is the ten other disciples, when the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, I'm going to pray, but before I pray, I want to—this this wasn't intended, really. This, this particular text was uh, within the line of where we were headed in uh, this campaign this, this fall. Um, but I recognize this text and some of the things it says might actually be applicable to that which is happening in our country right now. What does it mean uh, to serve? What does it mean to go low and the context of all that is happening within our country right now. So I'm going to pray for our country, and I'm going to pray the Lord would open our eyes and ears to see what he would have us hear and see. So let's pray. Holy God, uh, we recognize we live in a world uh, that is in a battle. And our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual powers and rulers and authorities in the spiritual realm. We recognize that our enemy is not our enemy. Our enemy is simply being held captive by our enemy. We recognize, God, that the Spirit has been poured out upon the church, and you use the church as a testimony, not only in the physical realm, but also in the spiritual realm. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would use us as ambassadors of the kingdom of God in the kingdom of of the world. We pray, Lord, that you would help us see and hear what you want us to see and hear within these uh, this passage today, and we pray your Holy Spirit would empower us to do what you want us to do. In your name we pray, amen. So we, uh, we've been in this um, campaign we're calling BLESS. Uh, BLESS is an, acron- an acronym for five missional practices that everyone in this room can participate in. If you think about that which God has called us in, sometimes it gets a little overwhelming. Uh, God has blessed Abraham, and part of that, well, the fulfillment of that blessing is Jesus, and Jesus has poured his spirit upon the church to be a part of that great blessing of the restoration of all that God has created. God calls us to be a part of it. How in the world? That's too big. No, it's actually not too big. There are simple, practical ways that we can participate with God in being a part of his blessing, his restoration of this creation. And uh, the first one we talked about was simply be, begin with prayer. So if we're going to do anything uh, in the call of God, we have to begin with prayer. We have to start off and say, Lord, uh, open our eyes. Help us see the divine appointments you are placing within our day. Uh, we have people in our lives who don't know that you're crazy in love with them. Help us be a part of helping them know you're crazy in love with them. Help us be a part of the good news of the gospel. All right? And then the L is listen with care. We talked about how the first act of love is listening. Listening to God, but also listening to others. This week, you're going you're gonna to move through your neighborhood or your school or your business, and you're going to come across people who don't agree with you. And they believe they have good reasons why they don't agree with you. And they might have excellent reasons why they don't agree with you. Listen, why do they feel the way they feel? Why do they think the way they think? To listen to another is an act of love. So begin with prayer. Listen with care. The third one, E, I love this, eat together. Jesus was constantly eating with people who disagreed with him. Jesus was sitting down with sinners. Dinner with sinners, we called it. All of of the dinners we have are dinners with sinners. We talked about last week how the fact that Christians are not, uh, we're called saints, but we're also sinners. Christians are just beggars telling other beggars where to get bread, right? Jesus is that bread of life. So sit down, break bread with one another, listen to them, be in prayer for them. And then today is our S, serve with love. Serve with love. And I, what I want to do is I want to take that text and see, you know, what is what does the Bible say about serving with love? So let's look at the context of this particular passage in Mark. Please turn there if you would. Keep it on your phone if you would so you can follow along with me. Fascinating uh, exchange here, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of, of uh, uh, thunder, Jesus having a conversation with them and they say, um, "Well, uh, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. All right Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Now I don't know about you, I've read this passage a number of times in my life and I've always, maybe subconsciously, maybe consciously, poured some sarcasm on Jesus' words. You know, So it was kind of, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And Jesus replied saying, what do you want me to do for you? That's the way I've read this. But I'm not exactly sure. In fact, I'm quite positive that's not the way it's supposed to be read. Because if you go on in the rest of the chapter, we get to the story of blind Bartimaeus. And Jesus actually says something very similar. He says, what do you want me to do for you? Now, who in the world says stuff like that? A servant. What do you want me to do for you? Those are the words of a servant. And here we have the king of kings asking the question that a servant would ask. James and John are thinking, go high. Jesus, in his response, is saying, no, no, no. In the kingdom of God, servants live low. The context, again, is telling Jesus and the disciples they're on their way to Jerusalem. Okay, where James and John and the rest of the disciples probably are hoping Jesus will be raised up and crowned with glory. The long-awaited king promised to Israel, they want to turn this journey into a kingdom of the world going high, a march to glory. They're thinking, we're going high, baby. Let one of us sit at your right, the other at your left. This is going to be beautiful, Jesus. Trust us. And you got to love their chutzpah, right? And what did they get right? Well, they believed Jesus was going to come into his glory. They're gonna, they believed Jesus would, would be glorified by God Almighty. Their problem, though, what they got wrong is they misunderstood what the path to glory looks like in the kingdom of God. Their version, of course, is go high. Jesus is go low. His version involves a cup and a baptism. Far more bitter than anything they've yet imagined. Jesus says to them, You don't know what you were asking. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answer. And bless them. (laughs) They think they know what, and they think they know to what they're responding. They don't really. If you think about it, what is the cup? There's a cup and a baptism. Can you drink the cup? What's the cup? Jesus, later in the Garden Garden of Gethsemane, prays to to his father, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. yet not what I will, but what you will. The cup is the cross. The cup is his death. Jesus says to James and John, you want to be beside me when I'm glorified? Then come and die. And what was his baptism? Jesus is speaking of. The word baptism literally means to immerse. James and John understood what it was to be immersed in baptism. They probably saw John the Baptist baptizing. They participated in baptisms themselves. But here Jesus is speaking of being immersed, not just in water, but being immersed in suffering. Being immersed in humiliation. Being immersed in degradation. A criminal's death. Can you be immersed in that baptism? James and John. We can, they say. And Jesus knows they will. See, James and John, their disciples. He knows their hearts. They may not fully understand everything, but he knows the trajectory of their hearts. They're going to continue to follow after the crucifixion and the resurrection. They will continue on the Jesus path, the kingdom of God path, and they will suffer. They will suffer because of the king they follow and the king to, in whom they have apprenticed they're life. And Jesus says, he says, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. And then I love this. He says, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. So Jesus gets to Jerusalem. Get this. He's raised up on a cross. He's coming into his glory. Who's on his right and his left? criminals. The Kingdom of God is always go low. Now, the other disciples, of course, they hear what James and John are doing and saying, and they are indignant, the text says. What does Jesus say to them? I like this. He actually gets political. <laughs> he gets political. Uh, he knows that James and John and all the other disciples, they're misunderstanding. They have an upside down thinking of the right side up thinking of the kingdom of God. So he calls them together and he, and he seeks to correct them with some truth. And he says, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles, you know that other group, those leaders, they lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you, my disciples. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Now, where do we see this so well illustrated? If we just continue on the path, but we go to the Gospel of John, we see that soon in Jerusalem they get to an upper room, and in that upper room Jesus serves them a meal, and then he does something fascinating. I'm going to read it from John because I think it's interesting what he, what, how John tells the story. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. So they're in the upper room. He's with his disciples. Jesus knows the Father has put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal and he grabbed a scepter and he sat on a throne. No. So he took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Now, we know from the rest of the story uh, that then, there then ensues a conversation with Peter. Uh, Peter says, no, 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 don't to wash my feet. Jesus insists. There's that exchange. I don't want to camp there. I want you to just reside for one, in one place for a second. Imagine who's in that room. Thaddeus. Andrew, Thomas, at some point, the king, the king of kings, who knows all authority has been given to him, kneels down and washes Judas's feet. Oh, my goodness. Slave of all he is. Servant of all. There's nothing in the kingdom of the world that celebrates last place. Nothing. But in the kingdom of God, servants live last. That's where we live, dead last. And if we are to follow Jesus, then last place must be where we are heading. Last place. And we must serve those whom God has placed in our lives, whether they're a John, the beloved disciple, or whether they're a Judas, the one who betrayed him. The one who led to the arrest, to the torture, to the crucifixion. We, uh, we washed that guy's feet. And I wrestled with this this week. I, do you have a Judas in your life? And what does it look like to serve with love the Judas in your life? Now, of course, one might object to all this. One might say, okay, serving with love, this is not unique to Christianity. And you're right. It's not. Uh, Most world religions speak of the importance of serving with love. Even atheists believe we should serve each other with love. But this message is actually not just me seeking to compel you to do good deeds. That's not what this is about. We don't Uh, begin each day with prayer and listen to people who would disagree with us and eat with them because we just want to do good things for them. We do so as ambassadors of the one who has come to rescue people, who has come to rescue every person on the face of this planet if they will let them. Jesus, at the end of this passage, he says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus' servanthood, it cannot be boxed into just good deeds. Now, the pinnacle of Jesus serving with love is his giving his life as a ransom for many, as a ransom for all the people who were easy to like and all the people who were really hard to like. He gave his life as a ransom for his, enemy. He gave, for his enemies, he gave his life as a ransom for those people who were pounding the nails into his body. And he gave his life as a ransom for us. This is the right side up, go low understanding of the kingdom of God. We sacrifice our, our uh, lives in love because he sacrificed his life for love. Thus, in the kingdom of God, servants live love. And don't make that sentimental because it's not just sentimental feelings. This is servants live agape. This is self-sacrificing unconditional love. And not just loving feelings. No, we live the self-sacrificing agape love of our king and we do it for his kingdom's sake. Not just for our side or our country or our family. No, we do it For everyone, Faith Covenant Church does not exist to be served. Faith Covenant Church exists to serve and to give our life as the body of Christ on behalf of and in the manner of our king. All right, it's a lot of big theological thinking. Let's make this really practical. Whom is God calling you to serve this week and how? Someone in your office, someone on, the, on your street, someone at your school. You know, if you're a young person, do you have someone in that cafeteria that thinks you don't like them? And you could serve them this week by doing something fun and demonstrating you actually think they're wonderful. Maybe you don't yet think they're wonderful, but you want to do something because you're trying to convince yourself they're wonderful because God thinks they're wonderful. I don't know. (laughs) Is there someone in your life that God is calling you to practically serve? Is there someone who doesn't believe God is crazy in love with them, that you, through a demonstration of kindness, you could serve them in a way that would make them go, huh, maybe Christians do like me. Is there someone from the other party, the other political party, that you can serve this week in some extravagant way? You know, you, you live together in the, the workforce, and you know you disagree with each other. Can you do something really kind for them this week and let them know, hey, our friendship is not based on politics. I love you because my God loves you. Some practical ways you can actually get involved in our church. And serving locally in this community. There's a web page uh, at the faithcovenant.org website. It's a, a local outreach page. And on that page is listed a bunch of ways you can participate with this church and serving in this community. Uh, Dynamites is a local hockey ministry. Maybe you're a hockey person. That's a crazy who, who knew you could serve with hockey um we have faith for freedom which is a, a human trafficking ministry we have uh, homework help this is a beautiful ministry three times a week people from faith covenant church and some other people they get together and they serve uh local somali kids uh, by helping them with their homework it's a beautiful demonstration of the kingdom of god um we have a mom's program it's been part of this church for over 25 years making our mom successful it's a single mom's ministry they need right now, they have, they have women waiting to be mentored, but they can't be mentored yet because they're waiting for mentors. Maybe God is calling you to be a mentor in the moms program. Maybe God is calling you to help serve dinner there. Maybe God's calling you to financially give to the moms program so they can provide what they need for these, these moms. Minnesota Valley Young Life meets here uh, throughout the, the school year. Maybe you want to be in Young Life, It's is a ministry to teenagers. Maybe you want to participate with Team World Vision. They're going to run the Twin Cities Marathon. There are some people in our church who would very much appreciate your donation because that goes to clean water for real people. We have a, a ministry to Gideon Pond, our local elementary school. You don't have to be associated with that school at all to bring them once a month some treats for their faculty and staff to be a crossing guard. Uh, there are all kinds of different ways. We're going to do Operation Christmas Child in a couple months here, uh, or maybe tonight is the night or tomorrow is the day where you invite someone you've been having some spiritual conversations with, and you invite them to Alpha. This week, the topic is, who is Jesus? Free dinner, who is Jesus talk, and then discussion, where all questions are an- are, are, are honored. We don't answer all because we don't have all the answers. Um. We had 100, over 120 people at our first Alpha Night uh, downstairs last week. It was amazing. A bunch of people I've never met before. Praise God. Let's stop there. Whom will you serve? Not in general. Whom will you serve this week? Let's be intentional. Tone is going to come up, help me with Q&A. If you're new to Faith Covenant Church, we do Q&A quite a bit. I always reserve the right to be wrong. Anything I don't know how to answer, Tone, I'm sure, will get an answer well. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Let's see. How about you just grab one?
1: Ooh, second service. Way to go. Ah, this is a good one. Okie dokie. How do you push your kids to be their best in life but still be servants?
0: Uh, Yeah, that question came up in the last service. I'll answer it the same way. I think the best way to do that is to be a servant yourself because they're going to follow your example. And uh, so the best thing you can do is simply be a servant as well. Um, Probably important to help them know they're not entitled. (laughs) Um, But uh, all of life is a gift. I don't know. You're a parent. What do you think?
1: Oh, yeah, really seasoned. I'm just kidding. <laughs> My oldest is going to be five. But <laughs> I agree. We'll fall we, we, we have to lead by example, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, this is excellent. How do we encourage our leaders in work, politics, communities, culture, sports, et cetera, to live low, last, and love in their How do servant? we encourage our yeah. leaders? Yeah.
0: Okay. We pray for them, all of them, not just your side. Um, we... Send them encouraging notes, encouraging them to lead well. I, I don't know. I, um, sadly, uh, I would say our system right now is, is, uh, is a bit broken. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, money rules a lot of what happens. So it's, uh, the trajectory is go, go high. This is not a new thing, though. It's been, mm-hmm. been played out this way for centuries. Um, so I would say the most powerful thing you could do is, is pray.
1: Do we want to serve being seen like painting or unseen like driving through difference or both? You know, the drive-through difference. Yeah,
0: yeah you know, I would say um, if, if you – Jesus served in ways that were public. Mother Teresa served in ways that were public. Uh, Martin Luther King, etc. cetera. So the, the great servants that we think of, you know, come to the top of our head. They served in pub- public ways. They also did a bunch of stuff we probably don't even know about. Uh, and so do both according to the leading of the Holy Spirit.
1: If serving is a race to the bottom, how do we humbly accept being served versus pridefully rejecting being served? Hmm, I see that. Yeah. Uh, it's a deep one.
0: <laughs> if serving is a race to the bottom, how do we humbly accept being served versus pridefully rejecting, pridefully rejecting being served? Um, someone once said to me as I... Uh, I'm not sure if I'm getting to the heart of the question, but I'm going to take a stab at it. Um, if if I rege- if you're trying to serve me and I reject that you're serving of me, I rob you of the gift of servanthood. And so, um, I don't think that it's necessarily you know healthy even to say no 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 one serve me. I will always be the one who serves. I don't think that's th- th- what Jesus is talking about. I, you know, there are times to be served and there are times to serve. Yeah? Any more? What if you're not sure how to serve? Um, I would say, if you're not sure how to serve, two thoughts, um, pray, Lord, open my eyes. How do you want me to serve? Uh, the second thought I would say is is in the new year, in 2019, uh, we offer what is called our shape class, which is to help you understand how God has wired you uh, to serve in the kingdom of God. So that would be a great step in, uh, in being, taking the shape class. That would be helpful. All right? Thank you, Tone. Well, I shouldn't keep us here any longer because we have a bunch of people we have to serve. So if you would, please stand. If you have, need prayer for any reason, we're going to have some people over there. Uh, they would love to pray for you, so go over there, let them pray for you, let them serve you in prayer. And uh, for the rest of us, I'm going to give uh, this call before we leave. Go forth into the world in police, no, in peace, <laughs> sorry. I fell on my head when I was hit by a truck. Go forth into the world in peace, um, I was going to say shalom. Go forth into the world in shalom, and it ended up police. I don't know how I got there. Go forth into the world in peace. Be of good courage. Hold fast to what is good. Do not return evil for evil. Strengthen, and strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Guard the dignity of all people. I love that. This is a great week to guard the dignity of all people. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. May it be upon you and it will remain with you forever. Amen. Go in peace.